1: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when uh, Jack takes songs from a soundtrack that inspired him. And basically selections that are played is up to Harj and I to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And Harj got it last segment. It's Space Jam, uh, the first Space Jam, the original Space Jam. Uh, So thanks, my man, uh, Jack, for working hard behind the scenes. You can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing on the Specs text line 512-337-3776 that's the number you also can hit us up via Twitter hard, at you need Twitterverse uh, Jack is at Jack A. Farrell uh, that's like uh, Colin not will not Correct. Will. Yeah, uh, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse, and you can hit us up there as well. Uh, okay, the breaking news. Before we get to some Texas football conversation here, um, and if we run out of time, run out of time because we got to get out early to make sure
2: we have time for Harsh Knock Life because you got a very special guest coming on for the people. That's right. We got Hall of Famer Chipper Jones coming on to talk mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. He probably get into a little bit of college World Series. And a lot of people don't know, he played wide receiver in high school, so he wants to talk a little bit of football. Team. Nice. I like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, that'll be coming up uh, for Harsh Knock Life. You don't want to miss it. Um, so here is the uh, the breaking news. Um, comes from, it's a Walsh bomb. Adrian Walsh is reporting that the Celtics are working on a trade. To acquire the Wizards, uh, Christophs Parzingas in a three-team deal that sends uh Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers, and LA would be sending Marcus Morris, Amir Coffee, and the 30th pick to Washington. Sides are still working on the agreement. Uh Woj also reports that Porzingis would opt in to his $36 million 2023-24. Uh, deal to make the potential trade happen, but there are still outstanding issues to be completed before a deal can be reached. Uh, Boston's Danilo Danilo Gallinari uh, would also be in the deal um, to the Wizards as well. So there you go.
2: I like it for Boston. I like it a lot for Boston, but the problem is this. Is Porzingis going to be able to stay healthy? We know that he's had some health issues mm-hmm. throughout time, and now he's got to be tough when you go and play for Boston. I mean, you got to be one of those guys that are, are willing to lay it on the line every single night yep. because, number one, the fans aren't going to put up with it. And number two, these guys have a lot that they have left on that bone. They should have been mm-hmm. playing for a championship, and they, they got ousted, and they're still living with that. So what did they do? They went out and tried to make a move, tried to bring in Porzingis, I like him. I thought it was uh, I think he's a good player. Rod, you were talking about it earlier uh today. I mean, this is somebody that could be on multiple teams and can be successful. Oh yeah. But he the has markets. to but he has to stay on the court.
1: Yeah. No, I actually had him in my notes. There are a lot of NBA rumors and one of the reports, at least the rumors out there was that he would be available on the trade market and I thought the Rockets should be mm-hmm. interested. Uh, in Chris Des Porzingis. Um, I literally have in my notes, Rockets should pursue Chris Des Porzingis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, His his shooting percentage, his true shooting percentage last year, Mm 62.7%. He's just 27. Uh, He averaged 23 points per game. Um, He's a great drop defender. He's not necessarily a great defender in the pick and roll, but as a drop defender, using the right way, he's not a liability defensively either. Um, So, uh, but that's... Obviously, something the Celtics were thinking about too. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, and think
2: about this: Brad Stevens, <laughs> remember him from Butler? He oh, was yeah. the head coach. Now Not he's working GM in the front yeah. front office. I think he's more of the the new age. Danny Ainge, because Danny Ainge, when he went to the front office, he made a bunch of moves, and, and a lot of them were they hit. Mm-hmm. And think about this: they traded. He traded Kimball Walker for Al Horford. He traded Langdon, Langford, excuse me and a first-round pick or a future-round pick for Derek White for the Spurs.
1: Yeah, worked out Then he fun.
2: traded Thice and some pennies mm-hmm. for Malcolm Brogdon, and he came in, and wasn't he like six-man of the year this year? And now they just traded Malcolm Brogdon for Porzingis. So he's making major moves that is trying to put Boston in that upper echelon, but the problem is they have to finish. They, they've yeah. had the
0: talent. They just have to finish. And they're deep. Yes, they're going to be able to bring either Porzingis off the bench, Derek White off the bench, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams. They're deep, and they have a ton of different lineups that they could use depending on team. That like, there's not a lot of teams that they don't match up well with right now.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, you know, because if you'll get a couple of teams, and maybe we're starting to see it already, that'll go all in this season. Um, because the new CBA kicks in July 1st for the NBA. I brought this up earlier. It kicks in July 1st. And based on all the reports, um, and for those insiders who have read the new CBA, it, it's going to restrict a lot of teams' ability in terms of team building. It's going to restrict their ability – To operate outside of the salary cap, meaning that Mm -hmm. that luxury tax that usually some teams don't give a damn about the Clippers and the Lakers who have nine figure luxury taxes and they figure, oh, it's just money. We'll make it up on the other side somehow. Um, This new CBA is going to have much harsher uh, restrictions um, and penalties and consequences for teams Mm -hmm. going over that luxury tax. So this is from uh, Forbes. Just some of the research I was doing. Here's from Forbes. It says, and this is a quote from Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. Um, He says, there is a sentiment among league personnel in Chicago this upcoming offseason will be busy with player movement and franchise-altering transactions. Uh, Another quote from Zach Lowe, from the Zach Lowe podcast. He says, quote, I think the next year in the NBA could be an unbelievable period of superstar and star player movement because you've just got a lot of rolling um, situations. You have a year left, one year left before the really, really harsh trade rules kick into place after the 2023-24 season where teams over the second apron, that's the another threshold of the luxury tax they put in that makes it a a really harsh penalties once you pass that. Um, He said once you get past uh, the second apron, like the Clippers, for instance, can't even aggregate salaries. Like they can't add up money to bring in a big money player. That's starting after next season. I think we can see a ton of movement in the offseason and up to the deadline and a ton of big names moving because teams are now unloading salary trying to avoid those upcoming penalties, um, but also some teams, maybe like the Celtics, who are saying, we better go all in right now because the way we built this team is not sustainable with a new, new CBA and the, and the restrictions. So here, here's some of the restrictions and penalties. So uh, the new CBA introduces a second salary cap apron, which I just mentioned, set at $17.5 million above the luxury tax line. That's the second threshold. And it heavily punishes teams that cross that threshold. Beginning this summer, teams above the second apron will lose access to the taxpayer mid-level exception. And they'll be limited to taking back no more than 110% of the salary that they send out in trades. As opposed to, I think, like it's like 125%. The penalties get even harsher in 23-24. Starting next offseason, teams above the second apron can't take back money back they can't take back more money i should say than they send out in trades they mm. can't trade a first round pick seven years in the future uh they can't aggregate salaries in trades or receive players on existing contracts if they sign and trade away their own free agents
2: mm.
1: i mean it's just a ton of them in other words Beginning 24, 25 teams above the second apron will be limited to resigning their own players and handing out veteran minimum contracts and free agency. They also have far more restrictions than they currently do on the trade market. So this is why you may see a ton of movement both ways. Teams trying to avoid those harsh uh, restrictions. So they're unloading salary and trying to get rid of it and also teams who are close like the Celtics or maybe like Matt Ishbia the owner of the (laughs) Suns and the Suns are going no man we're going all in because we only got one or two more years to do it and after that the salary cap is not going to allow us or you you could do it but not allow us to do it without really severe extreme penalties in going over that second apron of the luxury tax
2: yeah so that is why I'm always Mm -hmm. looking at it and saying Did he already know going in, I'm going to make this trade for Bradley Bill. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get – obviously, we got KD. We got all this money on our our books right now. I need to go ahead and try to push this envelope because, to your point, I don't know how much longer KD's going to be playing at this higher level. I don't know how long Devin Booker – Devin Booker's still kind of young and still in the game. But KD may want to leave here in the he next couple years, leave. you know. It might be a move that he wants to make. Yep. So when you look at it that way, I'm just like, okay, here we go. This is something to pay attention to. Uh,
1: yeah, the NBA basically is going to uh, reward teams for having more homegrown models, I, I yeah, imagine. Yeah.
0: Um, Makes but, it a lot harder to just fill out a roster with those connective pieces, you know. Yep. I wonder if it, because I think the stars are going to get paid whatever, do you think it drives the price for good role players way down? because teams aren't going to want to spend, you know, 20 million dollars on a Michael Bridges type a very high end role player are they going to get, you know, shafted and get bad money and then superstars still making 40 50 That's million a dollars.
1: Great point. Um that I, you know what I think you're right about that because, because you have to pay
0: for the star. LeBron's going to get LeBron money.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just uh, and and it'll put more emphasis on you said development like what Miami's doing, like development and trying to find those hidden gems and your G League development and all that kind of stuff, I think it'll put a lot more emphasis on that than, and you're right, it'll devalue the veteran role player that's in the NBA making a ton of money, but you don't get a lot of ton of, of value, a lot of return on that investment. Right.
0: Um, like that, Marcus Morris, who was in this, uh, in this trade, he makes like $18 million a year. Yes. Like that money's not going to, that is a bad contract. That but is it, a bad he's contract. He's not going to make that kind of money. But also, the Clippers getting Brogdon, basically for Marcus Morris. That's a great get for them, too. That's a He has great a lot of injury move. concerns, but he's a very good player, and they need guards. Yeah, they that's, need a lot of that's guards. That's
1: another team that needs to be all in right now, the Clippers.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They'll, like, they'll, be, three,
1: they'll right. definitely be over that luxury. I mean, they, oh. they, they're paying it right now, a nine-figure luxury tax, so they'll well, be past that threshold. Balmer no got that.
2: Bomber does have Balmer that. Bomber's saying, let's go. We got to go, guys. We got to go. Yeah, he don't care nothing <laughs> about that.
1: You're right. Now, some, team, yeah, some teams may decide they don't care. Maybe yep. uh, Matt Ishbia of the Suns, maybe he's one of those guys, too. But uh, really interesting how uh, the NBA, a lot of the insiders think the next two seasons is going to be really busy with a lot of st- – Tur- uh, turnover with the star power in the NBA yeah. because teams need to figure out if they're going all in or if they need to dump salary because the uh, the new CBA is uh it's a lot more restrictive uh, yeah. when it comes to the way you maneuver a salary cap. Man. you uh, circumvent the salary cap. Uh, okay, we'll get to uh, some more NBA talk because we'll get to some uh, sound from Wimby, Wimby, Yama, Wimby. Uh, Wimby! As the Spurs fans are affectionately already calling him. We'll get to that sound. He was on a J.J. Reddick they call him, him El Capitan right now. Hey, man. I'm sure he's going to have many nicknames <laughs> before it's yeah, all sure. said and done. Sure. He's going to have a ton of those. Uh, but yeah, Victor Wimby, Yama, yeah, tomorrow, of course, expected to be the number one overall pick by the San Antonio Spurs. All right, there There are some uh longhorn football related news notes and nuggets that i want to hit just a couple of uh, off-season topics that have come across my timeline that i think are interesting so ryan niblet we brought this up a little bit yesterday uh, but one of the reports out there this is from eric nalene of inside texas does a great job over there a report that niblet is uh (laughs) on campus and he's running nearly 23 miles per hour when Texas measured places, That's what it sound like
2: when that goes by you.
1: Doing summer workouts. <laughs> 23 miles per hour.
2: Yeah. That, That's that, crazy. What did you, What did we say the other day? He can run, run. He
1: can run, run. That's running. run, running. Uh, he did. I think he was a 10-4, 700-meter guy. Yeah. So he can go. 10-4, um, some 21, I think a 21.5, 200-meter guy. So he can run. And we know Sark. Sark's obsessed with speed. Sark's all about it. Matter of fact, they just signed some other... Speed demon. Yeah. And I believe in the uh, 2024 recruiting class. Uh, but Sark's got, a, he's got another one. And Sark will always, I would think, emphasize and prioritize speed over other attributes of a receiver. Yeah. Ran
2: Hands, a- size, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Doesn't look, matter. You got the commitment from Freddie DuBose Jr. That's the in guy. In 2024. That's the guy. That's the guy that, that can run too. And to your point, he he ran run a, run. Ryan Niblett ran a 10 4 <laughs> in the regionals. To get there. So that is something that that's where everybody's fast. And if you don't come out there, you get embarrassed. And I don't think he got embarrassed. And to your point about Coach Shark and what he looks for as far as the speed element of it, what does he always hmm. say? I want our wide receivers to catch the ball moving. Because if they can catch the ball moving, that means that the other person has got to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. So if he can get the ball to the right people, if, if that's what's going to happen, that is going to be huge if he can be a guy that can get on the on the field quickly. I don't. I know there's a, there's not enough footballs to go around, but we've seen Sark be able to move mm-hmm. the ball around and get it to his playmakers and hopefully Ryan Niblett, uh, Jontae Cook, and, of course, you know, Nayor and A.D. Mitchell and X-Man are all going to be a part of it. And, again, let's not forget about my guy. Jordan Whittington, Jay Whit, man, yeah, he's he's the
1: leader in that room. He has to. I be. know X Man is the top receiver in that room, but right. Jay Whit, Jay Whit's the leader in that exactly. room. exactly. Uh, no question about it. Uh, okay, let's uh, get to some of the other reports. Um, I saw that um, there was a report from C.J. Vogel, uh, the football brainiacs. He also does a really good job uh, covering Texas football. Uh, he's talking, giving some uh, good reviews, optimistic reviews about members of the offensive line. Specifically, he's talking about DJ Campbell, looking really impressive. Interior offensive lineman.
2: One of the names I mentioned yesterday.
1: Yeah, he's a guy that's you know getting some good. I mean they. Man, they are loaded on the O line. Oh my goodness, but, it's
2: ridiculous. Yeah,
1: I mean they bring I mean, back all five starters. It, no, it is. It's yeah. it. You're talking about one of the deepest O line units, at least based on the talent, the upside of it, uh, in the country. And whether you're talking about DJ Campbell, who I said CJ mm-hmm. Fo- CJ Vogel of Football Brainiacs reporting that he looks really good, like his, his physique has changed. Um, that now he's starting to uh, look, his body looks different. And that's important for offensive linemen because usually everybody ain't like Kelvin Ben even though they had two freshmen start last year. right? That's the exception to the rule. Uh, usually it takes those guys a while to get in the program um, to get kind of that grown man body. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like DJ Campbell may be getting it. Uh, also, somebody who's getting a lot of uh, good reviews that I've
2: heard of um,
1: also is uh, Cam Williams.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. Those are the guys that we expect a lot from as we talked about you're only good as your depth that can come in and fill in and not miss mm-hmm. a beat. You can all have enough players on the squad, you can have uh, people in those positions, but how far is the falloff going to be if they are are thrust into action? We saw last year that they were trying to rotate some guys in and out. Uh some was because of injury, some was uh lack of of effort, mm-hmm. but majority of it is These guys are now getting a chance to work with the offensive line coach, the same offensive line coach, working on their technique. The fundamental part of all of this is just that. How fundamental are you? How is your technique? And that will get you through a lot of stuff. Sometimes you just got to be a natural athlete. Mm -hmm. But if your technique is there, it gives you a better opportunity to win those battles
1: up front. Uh, Shout out to Anwar Richardson. Uh, He was the one that had to report about Cam Williams and how good he looks. So you got separate sources, uh, giving a lot of props to different young guys on that O-line who are going to step up. Um, You may have guys who are backups now who have higher upsides than the starters. And it's possible you can end up upgrading somewhere during the season. And it was actually a rare occasion. You had all five offensive linemen start every game last year for right. Texas. That is also something that's rare. You just don't see that even in Texas history or even across the country. Uh, so this, uh also in a, another report, since we're talking about guys who are getting uh, rave reviews in the offseason for Texas football, people still talking about Malik Murphy
3: mm-hmm.
1: and how, and how of a, much of a natural leader he is and how charismatic he is. So – there's is another guy still keeps. I mean, even from the uh, time that he got in the spring game, where we know he impressed so many people, and he was so impressive, in fact, that he he was being tampered with mm-hmm. uh, to uh, leave Texas and um, you know pursue nil opportunities via the transfer portal at other schools, and probably could have started at other schools, but he wanted to stay at Texas. He believes in Steve Sarkeesian, really likes Texas, and. It's it's reported by Horns 24-7 that he's carrying himself with a lot of confidence early this summer. Because remember, he's been hurt most of these offseasons. Yeah, he
2: hasn't been able to participate in two years. And every time we've gotten a chance to see him, just just looking at him, we got a chance to see how, how smooth he is throwing the football, how effortless it jumps out of his hand. So that's something, too, that you continue to say, all right, What is going to be the plan? Is this where he finally feels comfortable if the game starts slow? Kind of like what Mm -hmm. we were talking about before last year where the game against um, Oklahoma State, where we kept saying there should have been a move, there should have been a move, Mm -hmm. and he stuck with him. Was that an opportunity where he felt comfortable enough to pull him out of the game? The maturity level of Quinn Mm -hmm. Ewers now is going to be totally different. He's not going to be a fragile mindset As he was before, possible. I don't know for a fact. But I'm just saying now he's at a place where he feels comfortable. You got a backup that is highly touted now. And you got another one when you look at Arch Manning. I'm not saying he's going to be in there, but you've got guys that are are talented Mm. as your starting quarterback. Um,
1: Since we're talking about uh, Malik Murphy, and I, I can't really give, I need to make sure I get the podcast so I can give them credit. And I will do that while the audio plays. Um, but here is sound of Peyton Kirkland, who's a member of that Texas offensive line. He was on a podcast and and listen to the audio. They're asking about Texas football, a lot of different things. And he goes on to rave about Malik Murphy. And they want to talk about Quinn Ewers. He wants to
2: talk about Malik Murphy. Here's
1: Peyton Kirkland.
2: Malik Murphy, the other quarterback, was also a five-star quarterback. Is is he? Where's he from? I didn't know. He's from California. from California. California, okay. Malik Malik is the truth. To be honest, yeah. I mean, he's the truth. Yeah. You know, he controls he controls the field when he's out there. You know, and I love I love playing with Malik. I love playing with Quinn. I love playing with Malik, and I love playing with Arch. But Malik, that boy is true. He different. Mm.
1: He, huh. Interesting. So you guys,
2: you, I mean, you feel confident no matter who who the coaches ended up choosing. You guys are ready for war. All all three of those quarterbacks can play ball. Yeah, Quinn Quinn is a starting quarterback. He is. It's gonna be that. Yeah. But Malik Murphy not too far off. Yeah. What a- Malik Murphy? okay uh
1: shout out to my man 40 acres landlord he's a good follow if you're a longhorn fan also comes out with great content like that he it wasn't his podcast but he he was the one where i got the video and i think it's like d-rap or o-rap podcast yeah, did my best yeah
2: uh but you was trying to give him a shout i'm trying to give him yeah, a shout. Yeah, i'm yeah, trying yeah. to steal yep. their material nope, not without giving them
1: credit uh, exactly. but um man you you see I mean, you hear the audio, I should say. I'm yeah. looking at it. Uh, but you can hear the audio and hear how enthusiastic and how high and optimistic he is about the future of Texas football whenever Malik Murphy gets his chance. And I happen to think. That Malik Murphy is staying here at Texas, not only because the NIL. I'm sure they gave him a nice chunk of change and hooked him up with a bag. Good for them. uh but also Good for him. <laughs> well, good for good, earning well, that. Uh, he earned it. That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. Good that's for them. I'm good for him to and keep him. them. Yeah, that's good right. Good for them. They already keep him because yeah. I think he would have went to a Power 5 University and been starting yeah. for a Power 5 University. Sarkis so has got the strongest arm on the team. Uh-huh. I think he's confident enough to look at Quinn Ewers and look at Arch Manning and say to himself, I can – I can play with these guys. Honestly, I believe Anywhere. I'm just as good, if not yep. better, yep. than these guys. If I ever get my chance, sorry, I'm not giving up the job. Whether it be because of injury, or if it be because of production and performance, yep. when I get the job, I'm not giving up the job. You think and we could go on a run
0: of, like Oklahoma? That's what I'm saying. I quarterbacks, he,
1: I think he could, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're going to be Lincoln Riley. I don't know yeah. if you're
2: going to win all them 17, 18,
0: 19, three straight <laughs> yeah, you, first round picks. Number one.
1: Yeah. Overall picks. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's my, my fantasy. One. Yeah. I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> my fantasy
0: is it's Quinn this year, Malik next mm. yeah. year. Yeah. Both of them first round picks, and then you get the arch.
1: That, that would be great. You're uh, that, right. That'd be awesome. And In maybe today's that's what,
2: world, that would be outstanding.
1: Yes. And maybe that's what Malik <laughs> sees. Um, But I also think he sees an opportunity to play if things happen the way they happened last year. Yep. Malik's going to play.
2: Couldn't now, agree with you more.
1: Now, Sark will, will have to. You know, it, I don't know, have to do something about his pride and ego um, because no quarterback is above being benched, Stark. Yep. No quarterback. ZY mm-hmm. got benched. You know, you know yeah. Chris Sims got benched. You can get benched. No quarterback is above being benched. And he, for some reason, believes Quinn Ewers is above being benched. No, 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 no. No quarterback, no player matters more than the team. And the team is about the win. Victory! The team is about That's to win. Yeah. So, we need. no, there's no player above that. If he's having a terrible game yeah. and such a bad game that it's hurting his team, and actually it is costing his team a dub, which, mm-hmm. we'll admit, that Quentin New Year's Oklahoma State performance, I think it did, you should take him out and put yeah. in somebody who has a chance to play better and give you a better chance to win. And Sark didn't do that last year. He better be prepared to do it this year. If he loses the game this year over that decision, that may cost him in more ways than yeah. he would like. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it the same way. I'm like, hey, man, mm-hmm. there's not a chance for you to sit there and say, we got to worry about feelings. You need to worry about job security and dubs. That's, That's all that you need to be worried about and dubs. whatever it takes. And everybody mm-hmm. in that locker room should feel the exact same way. So if you have to make a change, people are prepared for you. But most importantly, they need to be prepared for you not to have to make that change by going out and performing at a very high level. Agreed. Uh, all right. Uh, Hard Knock Life, what you got for the people? We got our man Chipper Jones coming to join us. Going to talk everything MLB. We're going to talk a little bit of football, talk about his favorite teams. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about the draft because, hey, he was drafted number one overall Ooh, in the 1990 draft. Ooh, I like that.
1: All right, we're coming back. We're going to have sports royalty on for Hard Knock Life. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful. Down the horn.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure.
0: Mike, you have to be
2: so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of folks, but in front of y'all, I'm speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey,
3: are you Dirty Mike and the Boys?
2: I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Michael! Welcome back to the midweek movie edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hards. And our midweek movie was what? Space Jam. Basketball draft is coming up, so it's going to be real exciting. But we love it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hardball You can follow my man at Rob Babers. And you can also follow the man behind the glass at Jack A. Farrell. Like Colin, not like Will Farrell and we love it when you're a part of the show hit us up on the specs text line 512 512- 7 3776. And joining us right now on the Vaquero Cafe and Cantina Hotline, he was the number one overall draft pick in the 1990 Major League Draft for the Atlanta Braves. He made his Major League debut in 1993. He played for one organization in his entire 20 year career. He won the National League MVP in 1999. He's an eight time All Star, two time Silver Slugger Award winner. He won the batting title in 2008 where he was batting over 400 through uh, 73 games. We'll get into that conversation. Uh, was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018, and he's also the hitting consultant for the Atlanta Braves, my man Larry Wayne Jones, but better known as Chipper Chipper Jones. <laughs> What's up, Chip? How you doing, brother? Mm.
3: Fellas, how are y'all? What's good up? To, good to be with y'all.
2: Glad to have you back Thanks on for with joining us, you, man. man. It's been really fun talking about some of the things that are going on with the MLB. But we can start right now with Luis Arise right now, leading the major leagues in hitting. Last night, he I think he went one for four, so he's back down to 398. And as we were talking about him yesterday, my man Robbie said, the last person to be tr- flirting with 400 during this time was one Chipper Jones? Oh, she has a, what 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 does that feel like to know every time you go to the plate, it's almost guaranteed you're gonna get a hit.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a really special at, at least first half. <laughs> I think I was sitting <laughs> like uh, I was sitting somewhere around three eighty at the All Star break, and man, I called home a couple times. Normally, I I'd call home, talk to my dad whenever I was struggling, but this was a like I was calling home and going, Pops, man, I can I can flip two out there every night, you know, just it just <laughs> seemed like I get jammed, I'd fist the ball in the center, I'd break my bat and I'd, you know, muscle it over the shortstop's head. It was just everything fell in, everything works, you know, just 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 fell in for me that that first half. Um, it's good to see somebody else. You know, flirting with that number, Luis orias man. Good gracious, he's just a hitting machine. He was a hitting machine in Minnesota. How you let that guy go? Right. You mm-hmm. know, to 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 another to another ball club. He's got three five hit games this month, and we ain't, <laughs> we ain't even three weeks into the month yet. So, um, he's he's quite a talent. I think you're looking at. I liken him to He got a little Rod Carew in him, which I like. You know, there's not a lot of not a lot of juice there, but man, he hits the ball from foul pole to foul pole on a line hard. Basically, every time up, it's fun to watch.
2: Yeah, it definitely is fun to watch. And we were talking about it. it's like you said it perfectly because I kept saying he doesn't even go up there and he's not going to hit a lot of home runs. I think he might have 16 in his career. Uh, home runs but he's just up there setting the table and he won the batting title I believe last year before he came over to the Marlins so you already know that this is a guy that is very disciplined at the plate and when he does get the barrel to it he normally gets a knock Um, I do want to ask you though about the sensation for the Cincinnati uh, Reds they brought up that new young player de la cruz and he has done some some of the things that I've never seen done we play with a lot of guys that could run we play with a lot of guys that got power we have a lot of guys that were exciting to see but since he's been up to the big leagues, They've won ten straight games in twelve out of the fourteen games that he's been in the big leagues. They've got an eleven-game hit streak right now. I mean, eleven-game winning streak as they won today. How exciting are the Cincinnati Reds to see?
3: Yeah, I got a chance to see him early on in the season. They had some injuries. Obviously, De La Cruz uh, wasn't up yet. Joey Votto uh, been hurt most of the most of the first half. They weren't pitching well. And we saw him, so we were able to. To get to him, pretty good, but this is a this is a club behind you know Hunter Green on the mound throwing a hundred plus. Uh, I understand he just went on the DL, so we'll see yeah. how that affects them. But they got some guys that are really playing well for him, and I think a guy like Eli uh, LA Dela Cruz has um, just infused life in that whole in that whole clubhouse in that whole dugout. I mean, the guy looks like an absolute clone. Of the guy from Pittsburgh. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Cruz. Cruz, you know? yes. And I mean, unfortunately, he got hurt earlier in the season. We haven't been able to see him, but man, these two, you put them side by side, I don't think you could tell them apart. <laughs> just unbelievable specimens, uh, big shortstops, third baseman, um, can fly, can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But I think it's just the, 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 charisma that these guys yeah. have. They're just fun to watch. They're out there having fun, and they, they're they freakishly good athletes that, that people just don't see on the baseball field at that size.
1: Right. Hey, Trevor, speaking of, that's a great segue, freakish athletes that people are not used to seeing. Just give me your thoughts about Shohei and what he's doing, man, because there's no comparison to it right now in any sport, I don't know, in the world potentially. I'm not sure if we've ever seen anything like it.
3: No, he's the the modern-day Babe Ruth, Um, only, you know, he's not facing dudes throwing 80 miles an hour. He's facing dudes (laughs) throwing 100, you know, and leading the league in homers. He's throwing 100 and striking out, you know, some of the best players in the game. He is by far the uh, American League MVP in a runaway here in the first half. I know uh, Judge had a monster year last year to kind of, keep him from winning a couple in a row, but he's going to be back on the horse this year uh, as long as he stays healthy, keeps doing what he's doing. He's on a pace for, I think, close to 50 homers. I mean, can you imagine that? 50 homers and you're the number one, you, you know, That's you're crazy. The, the Anaheim Angels number one pitcher uh, going out, but wouldn't be surprised to see him start an all-star game for the American League this year on the bump. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – It's hard to compete with with that kind of dominance both offensively and on the mound if you are uh, looking to be in the running in the American League for the MVP.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. We were talking about him and and just the freakishness about all the stats and how he leads Anaheim with every single category, both (laughs) offensively and defensively. It is just something something to, to behold, man. We're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. And, Chipper, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Texas Rangers. We're going to get to your Atlanta Braves here in just a second. But before the season, we got a chance to talk to you. And we had mentioned the Texas Rangers mm-hmm. and how exciting they are going to be this year. They seem to have everything balanced out. It sucks that they lost DeGrom, but some of the other pitchers are stepping up. Nathan Uvalde. But their offense is plus plus. 150 on a run differential and just coming up with big hit after big hit. Last night, uh, they got kind of uh, messed over at that play at the plate. We'll get your thoughts on that as well. But talk about what you've seen from the Texas Rangers.
3: Exactly what I expected to see from a a Bruce Bochy managed ball club. You know, very fundamentally sound, uh, you know, Throw the baseball, hit the baseball, catch the baseball. Um, they're doing it. Um, it's good to see Seeger and Simeon uh, doing their thing in the top of the lineups. Uh, Corey Seager's, you know, been one of my favorite players to watch for the last few years. I think he's a tremendous ball player. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big. It's not necessarily a big blow to lose to Grom right now. Obviously, you'd be better off with a healthy JD. Yeah. but it's really—I think it's really gonna hurt Texas come postseason. these had a, you know, a, a, a great start to the season. Uh, hopefully he can keep that up and and keep them up the top. I'm tired of seeing the Houston Astros up there all the time. Let's get some oof, new oof. blood up there. <laughs> you that's knew you were going to. There's probably a bunch of Astros fans out there. I just pissed off. early. <laughs> <laughs> one hey, of them is sitting was, across right, David, from me right now. Right.
1: <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back, baby. We'll be back.
3: But it but it does make well, a but, lot of uh, sense. I, so one of those guys that is actually in the running for. You know, maybe first-half MVP, uh, Adoles Garcia. I mean, a tremendous first-half. When the Braves went out there, we couldn't get him out. He was taking people deep left and right. Um, uh, I, think, I think one of the league leaders in the RBIs and yeah. home runs. So they, got, they got plenty of thump to be able to hang uh, throughout the course of the season and the postseason. I just wonder um, how far that starting staff is going to take them. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. been that's
2: been a lot of the conversation Mm -hmm. around here Mm -hmm. as well. Um, We're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones and Chip, you know, obviously your Atlanta Braves are back in first place in the NL East um, 47 and 26 winners of seven straight. Talk about your staff and some of those big time players that you have on the offensive side. I know we've had the conversation prior to this year, but even at the beginning of this season, we were talking about Ronald Acuna and how special of a player he is. And all he does is entertain every single time he steps out
3: there. Yeah. You just feel like every time you go to the ballpark and I, you know, I get to watch it every day. um, But every time you go to the ballpark, you're going to see him do something, something special. He's going to hit a, He's going tomahawk a line drive to the opposite field that don't get more than twenty feet off the ground. You know, what I mean, it's just like you look you look at whoever you're there with, and you're like, "Damn, <laughs> You know, that was
0: awful.
3: So, um, he's he's on the, you know, on a pace for thirty and seventy uh, bags. I mean, that's never been done before. Uh, he's he's the real deal. He's he's five tools. He can he can. He can run, he can throw, he can field it, uh, he can hit, he's hitting for aver- you know, hitting for average this year and obviously the pops off the charts. Um I really I said this a couple weeks ago. I said if Michael Harris mm. is going in the nine hole, uh this team's gonna be scary. And for about the last two, two and a half weeks, Michael Harris has been going and you've seen the result. When you got that guy who I I think Michael Harris is going to be a superstar. You know, a, a gold glove, uh caliber player in center field, can run, can steal bases, can hit for power. You got that in the 9 hole? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's a it's an rookie embarrassment of the of year riches. last year. Yeah, yeah. It's an embarrassment of riches. Uh at times, uh seems like offensively the Braves can can bang with anybody. They're I think they're leading all of baseball or close to lead. I know they're leading the National League in home runs and uh, they're not striking out as much as they have in the past. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I, I worry, um, you know, and these are my boys, um, you know, we've had some injuries to the starting rotation, Max free and uh, Kyle, Wright. We have not had at all basically for the entire season, say maybe, you know, five or six starts. And, you know, we're going to have to get those guys back because you know, it's, it's a lot of it's going to fall on Spencer Strider to go out there and win every time he goes to the mound Charlie Morton to win every time he goes to the mound and you know you got to have those guys back in the rotation or else you're you're leaning on uh rookies that are are in that situation for the first time and We all know how that usually goes. Yeah,
2: speaking of rookies, we're going to ask you about Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder has been another guy University of Texas fans have been following since he made his debut, and now he is uh, entrenched in that starting lineup, and he gives you a quality start almost every single time that he goes out there. But it does go back to what you were saying about the rookie mentality and what they're going to be able to do late in the season.
3: Yeah, I don't know where this team would be, um, you know, a month ago, without the exploits of, of Bryce Elder, and we're talking about a guy who throws eighty nine to ninety one miles an hour. Like right. he's not throwing it up; he's not bringing it up there, you know, triple digits. But this this cat knows how to pitch. Um, he's got a lot of movement on a sinker. He's got a really good slider and a good change up. But he he you know he knows how to pitch with it. And I'll tell you what when when those guys in the rotation went down, it was. You know, Strider was struggling a little bit. And it was Bryce Elder that was carrying this rotation for a while. We could count on him to go six and give up a minimum of, you know, one, two, or three. And if that's the case with this lineup, Gonna, you know, we're gonna win a w- lot of ball games that Bryce Elder pitched.
2: Yeah, Texas Longhorn fans definitely got a chance to do it. And if you get a chance to play golf, go play golf with him. He's pretty doggone good as a golfer as uh, well.
3: He I've, I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah so I you gotten to play with him yet? But
2: so make sure you we, be we careful. <laughs> Hide your wallet when you go out there because he might try to hustle <laughs> you. you. You heard it here first. <laughs> hey man, before All we right. let you go, before we let you go, I want to talk to you a little bit about some football that's going on, man. I know you're you're a big football. fan you got teams all over the place what are you looking looking for this season with your college team and your NFL team
3: man I'm looking for somebody anybody to beat Georgia I'm down here I'm a Florida fan and amongst all these Georgia people and I, man they they talking they loud talk to me I don't like Yeah.
0: Uh,
3: uh, <laughs> And I just want—I want somebody to beat Georgia this year. I don't care <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be there, man. Now, hey, uh, to be honest with you, I don't see anybody beating Georgia. Not—not not during the regular season. Their their schedule is is not very good. It's pretty right. soft. So I look for them to be back in the SEC championship, probably playing, uh, you know, Alabama right again, or, yeah. or, or or whatever. But uh, my, my my boys from florida uh billy napier is doing a good job of recruiting he's got some you know good talent coming in here in the next year or two so we'll close the gap on him a little bit um but kirby's kirby's got a juggernaut man it's 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 uh it's been fun to watch them you know kind of get their championships the last couple years professionally man i gotta see i gotta see my falcons and my steelers you know kind of rally around their their young quarterback yep um Huge Steeler fan. Kenny Pickett played really well at the end of uh at the end of last year. Um, they did some good things in the draft this year and uh man the Falcons went out and spent some money. Y'all got Bijan, um, man. You got Bijan for guys, us, baby. John, Robinson, mm. Everybody is psyched to see Bijan uh in this, you know, run first offense. Yep that, uh, uh, that we run here and um, it's gonna be good they spend a lot of money on the defensive side so they should be improved there I look for them to uh let's just say knock on the door of the playoffs this mm-hmm. year and uh, you know hopefully hopefully both of them get in I'd love to see it i'm tired of our season being over about, you know, eight or nine games into the year.
2: Hey, tell us about it. We've, been, we've all been there, bro. We've all been there. Before we let you go, man, I wanted to ask you, how's the new crib? I know you had to make the move. You were not excited about the move, but you're in the new crib. Are you settled?
3: <laughs> uh, I'm in. I wouldn't say I'm settled. Uh, we downsized. We, we downsized. Uh, Probably a little more than fifty percent dude there is crap everywhere in this house i've been, I, I literally have spent all day in my uh closet just clearing out stuff and, and taking it to Goodwill because 'cause I'm like, man, I ain't got no room in my closet and my wife <laughs> my wife spilled over from her closet and now she's taking over some of my closet there's boots and and <laughs> Hat boxes and purses and all kinds of crap. I, I mean, if anybody walked in my closet right now, they'd think I was swinging from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are an ATL.
2: So it's okay, my friend. <laughs> Ain't <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Wrong. Do, your yeah. Yeah. do your thing. Do your thing. Hey, man, oh, we man. appreciate you as always. <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking even more so when we get closer to the playoffs and what else is going on. But I do want to ask, I want to tell you, Next year, Florida, your Florida Gators play the Texas Longhorns in the SEC for the first year. Come on out here to Austin, (laughs) Texas, baby.
3: Only if they're good. (laughs) I'm going out there to get my my tail head to me. All right,
2: man. Well, we appreciate you as always, Mm -hmm. man. And we'll talk to you soon, my brother. Thank
3: you. All, always a pleasure. Love y'all. Appreciate, Appreciate it, it, man. You the man. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> he, he said he, only
1: he, if they good. He told the truth. At <laughs> least he told the truth. He's like, oh yeah, if they good, I'm coming back there so I can talk trash. Exactly. Didn't feel good about it feel if great they bad. About it. I ain't coming out there to get my head beat in. <laughs> Trying to hang out with you, talking oh, trash to me the no, whole man. time. Oh, Chip is the man. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I didn't. I, I don't know if I saw any pictures of his new home, but there were some pictures of his old house. Yeah, the one that he sold or just moved out of. Um,
2: and and he said he downsized about fifty percent.
1: Well, I could see it's huge. Yeah, like it. it well, the was, new one ain't like it's like a mansion on top of a mansion. Yeah, like it's it, yes, yeah, a couple of mansions. This one is combined. a mansion
2: with a part of a mansion. Yeah, I mean, I could see
1: <laughs> him saying he downsized fifty percent. I could easily see downsizing fifty percent and still be considered. It's a big mansion. Like it's still a McMansion. It's huge. Yeah, but no, nah, man, that thing was it was a monstrosity. So I can see why he's yeah. probably like, nah, we need to get out body here, man. <laughs> yeah. And now that's why they have so much stuff, because they used to fill up no a doubt. huge, uh, you know, house. And now, you know, a messy mansion. And now they probably
2: downsize considerably, like he said. So he should have a
1: garage sale.
2: He, well, I mean, you don't, you can't normally have a garage sale. You got to have houses around you to have a garage sale. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> the people got to be able to. Drive by your house. We get the gated community. <laughs> exactly. Okay,
1: get, have a gate sale then. stuff exactly. by the gate. Come exactly.
2: <laughs> stuff by the <laughs>
1: gate. The gate. Uh, there <laughs> you go. All right. We come back. Uh, we'll get into off the record. Thanks to Chipper Jones. Thanks to my man uh, Harge, for reaching out in his contact list once again uh, to get us one of the stars, uh, sports royalty for Harsh Knock Life. We come back. This is something you probably shouldn't say out loud when you get caught doing something so stupid. <laughs> right? We'll talk about that on Ball Don't Lie a wonderful night to Wonderful Down the Horn. D mega doo i'm sorry man once it's turned on the sign will spell out deli cat essen
0: well i don't get a day breaking <laughs> the head cold
2: congratulations continue good sex in the sex in the big east thank you jimmy
3: and boom goes the dynamite
2: it's time for another edition of off the record
0: do it live i can i'll write it and we'll do it live and thing sucks
1: all right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record. We'll try to be quick here because uh, we're late for the break. So, Stephen F. Austin University, SFA, uh, they have a bowling program. Lumberjacks. That's right. And their assistant bowling coach, Steve Lemke, he's in hot water, not only the university, but with his wife, Amber Lemke. And uh, she is the head coach of the bowling team. And he, or at least was, Mm -hmm. the assistant bowling coach. Uh, He chose to resign rather than be fired this spring after the university discovered he had an affair with a student athlete.
2: Oh, athlete.
1: Yes, Uh, he's 38. He is married to the head coach, Amber Lemke, Um, and uh, he resigned April 10th from the program. He helped coach uh, to two national titles. Mm. And two second-place finishes. They were a damn good bowling team. He said, quote, after being (laughs) found out and exposed, he said, quote, this is a real quote, I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to go to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code, like we frown upon it. But there's no rule. There's no law broken. Mm, mm, he also mm. tried to kind of gaslight his wife in another quote to try to hint that it was her fault. How about this? He said, quote, I was to stay at home dad for five years with the kids while Amber got to go off and coach the team. And when she'd get back, I'd run practices on top of taking care of the kids while she was back. When they travel again, I would sit back and take care of the kids. Then, when I got hired on, she almost forced me to run practices. I was a volunteer the entire time before that, trying to help out Amber. Once I got hired on, one thing stemmed from another. I felt like I was doing too much for what I was being valued at. Oh, really? So your wife forced you to have sex with a student athlete? This is a world-class D-bag and a-hole. We're talking about... He is in the Hall of Fame. It's hard to – that's impressive.
2: He's over here trying yes. to put blame on somebody wow. else because she had to go to work. She had to go to work. Come on, at, man. You ain't got no job, bro. <laughs> yeah. you like, what do you expect her to do? Essentially, she
1: hired him, basically. Exactly. She, she, had she was to like, recommend. you know what? I got to hire
2: you because of the fact wow, you don't man. have no
1: job. And then he ended up banging one of the student athletes? Come on, man. On the team? On the title
2: team? Come on, man. Champions. Wow. They champions over there. I mean, yeah. When I saw whoa. that entire story, I was like, "This dude is on."
1: He's fucking his junk didn't get chopped off. That's yeah. the, that's like chop, chop your junk off stuff. This is the best headline ever, though. Mm. Oh, the for the for the, the uh, for, the news, for, for the, the, the news article spare relationship causes awkward split. <laughs> SFA assistant bowling coach out after a fair with athletes. Well done, Darren. Yeah, that was well done.
2: Pulitzer Prize winning. Punny. That is the Tyler title well you need right there. I like there. that. That was a good job.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll get to uh, – there's another story I wanted to get to. We'll, we'll save it for the next off the record. And, of course, we have to update you on the submersal uh, that is still being uh, searched for That is that was lost earlier this week. Uh, we'll get into that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful